Welcome back to another episode of Learn American English with This Guy. It's episode 24, and I am calling this one Snow Day because that's what I have today. I have a snow day. Uh, my, my kids have a snow day. My wife has a snow day because my wife is a teacher, and I am a teacher, and my kids, obviously go to school, um, our, our schools have said that it was too dangerous to come to school, so we have the day off, which gives me a chance to uh, study some Italian, make some podcasts, hang out with my children and my wife. So to give you an idea of what it looks like around my neighborhood, I took two two pictures from my window to show you how the snow is clinging to the trees. And I used that verb clinging because it's a pretty good one I think you can use in a couple different ways. And I put these pictures on Instagram and if you want to find me on Instagram, it's learn English with this guy. Learn English with this guy. And Twitter, it is learn underscore, which is that little line that goes on the bottom. Learn underscore guy. Learn underscore guy. And um, for the picture, I wrote... The snow is clinging to the trees. C-L-I-N-G-I-N-G. Clinging. Cling is a good verb. It means to hold on to. So instead of just saying the snow is on the trees, you could give it a little personality by saying that it's, it's holding on. It's clinging so the snow is clinging to the trees. Um, you could also use like a little child clings to its mother. Maybe they're scared or they don't want to leave. So they are clinging. And with the verb clinging, it's usually has a little bit of like not wanting to let go. Clinging. Um, we also have, some people put up window clings, and they are clear stickers that will just peel off the window when you're ready to get them off. But for Halloween, people might put up on their window these window clings, maybe a witch or a ghost, just to decorate for Halloween. For Christmas, they ha might have a picture of Santa Claus or a Christmas tree, or some presents. They'll put the window clings on their window, and when the holiday is done, they'll just peel them right off. There won't be any damage to the window. So, in this podcast, what I would like to talk about is reasons at school we might have a problem. And I'm going to go over four of them. One is the snow day. I'll talk about how we're notified and 
what we have to do to make it up. I'll talk about a yellow lockdown, a red lockdown, and fire drills. These are all things that um, American children and American teachers have to be prepared for in case there is an emergency. So I'm going to take a short break and give you a word from my sponsor. It's uh, Anchor. And there are some people that are making podcasts to help other people learn the language they are proficient in, that they know well, that they are native in. Like I talked about my friend Aroni, and he's made three episodes of his podcast. So if you're looking to learn Italian, it's great. It's it's slow, and even though I'm a beginner, I can understand most of it. So if any listeners would like to make a podcast, I'm going to tell you how to do it. It would be great. I eventually want to learn Turkish and French, and Romanian. So I think any language that you speak right now fluently, native, it'd be great if you made a podcast too. So sit back and listen to this short message from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Okay, have you thought about it? Have you thought about doing your own podcast in slow Arabic or slow Japanese? It would be great, I think. And uh, very useful to people trying to learn your language. Just talk about everyday things that you do slowly, clearly. And uh, I bet it would be helpful to a lot of people. Like I said, the Italian for me, the French for me, the great Spanish, Portuguese, be so cool. So today we have a snow day. So my whole family is at home. They are still sleeping. I like to wake up a little earlier. I did a little studying in Italian, tried to write out just a quick journal. I'm still not very good. It'll be a year for me. In April, studying Italian. And I'm still still very much a beginner, but I like it. It's a lot of fun. So last night, um, we knew that we were going to be getting some snow. And we thought there was a pretty good chance of a snow day. So my wife and I, we let the kids stay up a little bit longer. Because we thought they would be able to sleep in the next day we didn't stay up too too late just in case there was school but the weather people the very uh, fancy word here meteorologists meteorologists are people who predict the weather the meteorologists said we would probably get between five 
to eight inches of snow. And that would be major trouble for people trying to drive to school, putting kids on those yellow buses. Those buses are not great in the snow. So my school district and my wife's school district called off school, postponed school, which means we still have to go our 175 days a year. Instead of going today, which I think is January 16th, I think, we will make it up in June. So our summer just got a little shorter, which I would so much rather go to school today when it's darker out, the weather here in Maine is cold. I would rather be able to have a day off in June to start the summer. But, of course, if it's not safe, then it's best for us to stay home. So last night, my wife made some minestrone soup. And I bet it's an Italian soup, I believe. And I bet they say it a lot differently than we do here in the United States. But we call it minestrone soup. It's probably more like minestrone or something like that in Italian. But um, it's, um, I don't really know what it is. It has a little bit of pasta in it. It has a little bit of spinach in it. I think maybe tomatoes. But it's very good. So she made that last night. Um, made a huge pot for it. Um, my neighbor across the street from me, who is 90 years old, uh, had a heart attack a couple days ago, and it doesn't look like he's going to make it. So my wife made soup for his wife and for him, if he can make it. But he is at home right now, and he is receiving what's called hospice care. Hospice? And that is pretty much when, you know, the end is near. That um, that type of care is the last care you receive, hospice care. So I think right now they're just trying to make his last few days or or so to be as comfortable as possible. He was a great guy, great guy. Um, Ninety years old, had a good life, was still driving. Right up until the end. I think he was driving last week. But um, his heart isn't uh, very strong. And I think this heart attack just uh, was a little too much for him to take. So that's very sad news from my neighborhood. But um, moving on to something a little bit less sad. Is um, what we do in school when there are emergencies. So the first one is a snow day, and I explained that. We don't go to school that day. We'll make it up in June. Our summer gets a little shorter, but at least everybody is safe. The two other things I want to talk about now are lockdowns. Lockdowns, L-O-C-K-D-O-W-N. It's one word, lockdown. We have yellow lockdowns. And we have red lockdowns. Yellow lockdowns 
the students stay right in class. If there is a time to change class to go from English class to math class, we delay that. We stop it. The students stay right in the room. Reasons that we might have a yellow lockdown would be a medical emergency. For instance, um, a teacher at my school this year had a seizure, had a medical emergency, and it was in the hallway. And so to get the medical personnel up to help them, we went into a yellow lockdown. And the secretary, who is in the main office, will get on the intercom, will get over the loudspeaker, and say, Um, We are currently in a yellow lockdown. We are currently in a yellow lockdown. And that just lets everybody know, stay in your rooms until further notice. Another time we went into a yellow lockdown was there was a fight between two students. And we have a police officer right at my school. He's a great guy. He's actually another neighbor of mine, and he had to put one of the students in handcuffs. And they were taken away because they were so violent. And we went into a yellow lockdown just so students wouldn't be changing classes and in the hallway. So yellow lockdown could happen for a number of reasons. But those are the two most common. One, a violent student which unfortunately happens a couple times a year. Medical emergency, a little bit more rare. But I think we've been in three yellow lockdowns so far this year, and we've been in school for five months. And I think that's about average. Now, the next kind of lockdown is called a red lockdown. That is severe. That is major. So the secretary in the office will come over the loudspeaker, say the same thing, only we are in a red lockdown. We are in a red lockdown. That changes everything. All learning stops. The teachers stop teaching. I go to my door. I lock my door. The students go into a corner of the room, sit down quietly. The lights are off. The shades on the window are brought down so nobody can see in the room and we just wait. Red lockdown. The only time I can imagine a red lockdown would happen is if there was a school shooting. And I'm sure that has uh, made the news all over the world. I'm sure most people are familiar or have heard of Uh, America's problem with school shootings seem to happen a couple times every year. So we do need to prepare for that. And we have prepared for that. And the best procedure, the best protocol, or the best practice for that is to stay quiet. Because you do not want the gunman And yes, it is usually a man, a gunman, 
to know that somebody is in that room. The thinking is, if the door is locked and the gunman doesn't hear anybody, he will just move on to the next room and try to get more people there. So the students get very nervous if there is a red lockdown. Of course, teachers get very nervous if there is a red lockdown. And we practice it once a year, maybe twice a year. And we just sit in the room silently. And um, sometimes the police are there to see how we're doing. And they will jiggle the door handle to make sure it's locked. And they eventually come in, unlock the door, and let us know the red lockdown is over. So it is a pretty scary time. I've only been in one real red lockdown. And that is when a bank was robbed with a gun. And that bank was one mile from my school. So they didn't know where the robbers were. So they put us into a red lockdown. And we had to stay there just in case they tried to enter the school. And we had to stay quiet like that for probably a half an hour. And one of my students was so nervous that he was throwing up in a trash can. And, but I, we couldn't let him out. You know, he couldn't get out because it was dangerous. So that, that's real. Um, and I hope to never experience a red lockdown. One thing I did experience, though, was um, a tornado warning. Now, where I live in Maine, we don't have tornadoes, usually. But when I used to live in the South, which is what we call the Southern United States, the South, I used to live in Alabama, we had a tornado warning right at the end of school. So we got out of school at 3.30, I believe the tornado warning came at about 3.10 or 3.15, which makes us all go into the hallway, sit down with our backs to the wall. Because if a tornado comes through, you don't want to be near any of the outside walls. You want to be on the inside walls. The best place would be a bathroom or a closet in your house on the first floor. Now, my school was very strong, but it lasted a long time. It lasted over an hour, and students were supposed to be dismissed at that time. They were supposed to go home. So we were waiting like that for an hour after school, just hoping this tornado didn't hit our school. And thankfully it didn't, but we had some parents trying to pick up their students and they would get dismissed. And it could have, if a tornado had come through, it could have been very dangerous. Luckily it didn't. And luckily I don't think I have to worry about tornado warnings up here in Maine. The final thing I would like to talk about is a fire drill. And these used to be way more common when I first started teaching 20 years ago and when I was a student. But they've become less common now because we just don't practice them as much. The fire drill, 
what happens if there is a fire or we are practicing, which law, state law, says we have to practice seven times a year. So, um, a loud buzzer will echo throughout the entire school. There are bells all over the place and sirens that let people know you should get out of the building. And we practice walking slowly, calmly, safely out of the building. And we get as far away from the building as we can as a class because I need to make sure all my students are with me. So we line up outside of the building about 50 feet away and we wait till we get what's called the all clear sound the all clear sound and then that means we can go back into the building so those are the four major interruptions I guess to school talked about snow day yellow lockdown red lockdown, and fire drill. So I encourage you, check out Instagram, check out Twitter, leave questions. I would like to do another episode with listener questions. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you understood everything. If you have any questions about any of these lockdowns or fire drills, please get in touch with me on social media and I'll answer you right back. Thanks for listening.